I'm a little bit of Southern, and I'm a little bit of West Coast, and together we're the Nashville Darlings. Welcome to episode five of the Nashville Darlings. Hello, Leslie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing really good. Um, It is kind of a gloomy day here today, but we are supposed to storm the next couple days. (gasps) Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) So you know I love those storms. (laughs) Is it always this cloudy? Yes, it is. Welcome to Tennessee. Yes, welcome to Tennessee. One of the questions I get a lot for people who are thinking of moving to Tennessee is, is it really like what are what's the weather like? What what are the storms like? It looks really cloudy in a lot of those real estate photos. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, well... A really good agent just has them edit the clouds out. Well, that's... <laughs> hey, that's actually going to be a topic that I talk about today. All right, so how was your week? How's Carson? Has he started back school? We started back school. Yeah, you it's guys... Been a yeah, so. everyone started back to school. Um, Carson's doing good. He, um, he actually... His TK, start of his TK got pushed back a week. So he starts next week. And uh, we're just ramping up for that. Okay, did you clear up the lunchbox issue? Do you yeah. have to pack his lunch every day? I have day? to pack his lunch every day. What in the world? Yeah, and we spent about $300 on supplies. $300? Yeah. He's four. Yeah. I didn't even spend that much on my three kids. This is quite the supply list. And you pay for tuition. And we pay for tuition. One thing I didn't clarify is there is a, he's doing a four day option. There is a five day option, which was more expensive. I'm wondering if that also came with more benefits, but <laughs> like they pay for your supply list. I don't know. Yeah. And the lunch. I don't know. Oh my I gosh. know. I know. That's crazy. I that, have no that has idea changed what's going since Barrick was there. Mm-hmm. There's like three new programs there. I know they're, it's a growing school and they have a lot of new things going on. They just added a whole new like bungalow classroom thing. What's a bungalow classroom? <laughs> Isn't That's a bungalow a- like a cabana on the beach or something? Um. Or a house <laughs> over the water? That's what I think of. <laughs> so Comes with a cabana on board. the West Coast, when we had, it's essentially a trailer. It's a trailer, you know, one of those outside trailers that's a classroom. That's a bungalow? We would call them in school. That is not what we call them. Yeah, we, we call, them call them a bungalow. Oh, or a portable. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to put it nicely. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. that's So they added that. They've added a bunch of new stuff to the school, which I'm actually really, really excited to see where this school goes. Um, but I think that there's cost, and we're paying for it so <laughs> it was a great school it's fine though. we loved it yeah it's fine it's better than it's better than nashville prices i will just say that i can't even imagine mm-hmm. i'm thankful that i i was home with all of them and the only reason why barrick went to preschool was because he had a speech problem so he was getting four days of speech at That's the school cool. mm-hmm. and so his his speech was completely different in six months time that's awesome. Yeah. How's your first week of back to school been? Um, yesterday was the first day. So Tuesday, August 1st was our first day. Um, my oldest went into high school. Actually, this is just going to be my win and woe. Yeah. One. Go okay. for it. Um, so Addison started high school. Absolutely loved it. Um, but she learned very quickly how fast pictures can circulate. Um, 
So here's the woe. (laughs) Um, She was walking with a boy um, after school up to the main campus. So they have to walk up this really large hill from the lower campus. And somebody took a picture of them walking from behind. She does have a boyfriend that goes to a different high school. And around six last night, everybody had seen this picture of these two walking together after school. So, oh no, I know. Um, she said, she said she was fine with it circulating, but I think it kind of hit her like, oh my gosh, every little thing I do can be monitored because everybody has a phone. Um, but she did say she felt bad for this boy and that's why she was walking with him. I guess he's coming back in from a pretty rough situation and everybody was just making fun of him yesterday. And I think he was just looking for a friend at some point and Addison was just that friend. So my win is that all of my kids survived yesterday. The woe is my kid very quickly found out things can circulate quickly. That's amazing because even for as old as we are, <laughs> um, or I'll speak for myself, as old as I am, <laughs> um, we had cell phones in high school. Yeah. And, I mean, we you were only allowed to have them out at certain times. I definitely got sent to detention a couple times because my phone rang during class. Um, but... The funny thing is, is that we had social media back then somewhat. Kind of, maybe. Kind of, maybe. I mean, people were texting each other all the time. But I feel like... I didn't have a cell phone that took pictures, though. I still remember having a digital camera when I was 17. I want to say we had the Nokias. Yeah, but there was no camera. There was no camera, mm-hmm. so the stuff wasn't circulating. No. I mean, so maybe by word of mouth. Maybe, but definitely by word of mouth. Now, I got caught several times printing pictures off, because you know you had to, like, go print all your pictures off yeah. and put them in an album and do the thing. Yeah. And my mom would be like, uh, <laughs> why were you rolling, rolling around on the ground acting a fool in these pictures? Like, oh, that's why the next picture is, like, a bunch of beer cans, you know? So, like... That was the only type of picture I was ever worried about getting out or circulating. Yeah. was my mom seeing them. Yeah. I, I just, we didn't have the same pressure. I, I feel bad for them in general. That sounds like, it's like celebrity status now. It's like a celebrity goes out and does something and the paparazzi is there and they get their picture taken a bajillion times and it spreads like wildfire. wildfire. Well, and they never now, know. No, and then... Now it's it happens the same way in school. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, scary. It is. And it's like sad because I feel bad. I mean, I think her little boyfriend found out and she was like, No, 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 like he had practice, I had practice, so we were just walking up to the main campus. But um I will say the the nice thing out of this story is that your daughter has a really good heart. Oh, she's the nicest person. She really is. I wish I could be like her. <laughs> oh, when I grow up, one day. <laughs> when I grow up. <laughs> no, she is uh, she's super sweet. She felt really, really bad for him. So she wanted to be his friend yesterday and I support that. That's good. Even if kids are taking pictures. Oh, let's talk about how kids are so mean. <laughs> I, yes. put a, I put a note in Barrick's lunchbox yesterday. He's in first grade. And I told him I love him and I hope he had the best day. And he gets in the car and he said, Mom, why did you do that? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, a little boy at lunch made fun of me. <gasps> and I said, buddy, I bet he's just jealous because his mom doesn't write him notes. Yeah. <laughs> so today I did put a note in his lunchbox, but 
I wrote out a cool dinosaur joke. You're so fun. <laughs> I love that. I'm just not going to not send a note, but if I'm going to do it, maybe it'll be cool and he can share it and then the kid will get a laugh out of it and I'll make both of their day. Or Barrack will just be picked on. That little kid that... Barrack is still really small. I like, know. they're still at that age where you're allowed to put a note in the in the yeah. lunchbox. Why does the other kid have to be like that? Kids are mean. Kids are really, really mean. I know Carson came home... And he was, we were getting ready for bed. He was putting on his pajamas and he had this pretty gnarly bruise on his back, like right in the middle of his back that looked like he fell. And I asked him about it. I was like, Carson, where did you get this from? And he said, so-and-so pushed me. Oh. And I was like, see, I'm probably not the best influence because I'm the one who's like, well, what did you do back? Did you punch him back? Did you? you should have. Well, it was a little girl. Oh, we can't do that. No. And yeah. he knows that. He knows that. I said, well, I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, it was so-and-so. And I said, okay, well, did you at least say, hey, don't push me? Yeah. And he said, no, I didn't say anything. Oh. I said, did you tell the teacher? No, I didn't tell the teacher. Okay. You have to tell somebody. We have to vocalize. <laughs> so that's the next thing Plus we're going to be hard. working on. I know. He won't say anything. Mabel's I, like that, though. She'll just let it go. She'll just yeah. let whatever ride and whoever we meet. Roll off it, their yeah. back. And yeah. I'm like, as long as he doesn't internalize it and take it home and he's not crying. He, he doesn't seem to care. So I think I'm not worried about it. Yeah, you know? as long as he's he's not too worked up about it, it should no, be fun. No, not at all. Um. Well, speaking of wins and woes, so my, I'll start with the win. Carson, even though last week I think I mentioned he still asked me to help him get dressed in the morning, and I was like, "Mm mm-mm, I saw how you get dressed at grandma's house by yourself, and we're trying to teach him to be more self-sufficient in that way. And I still dress Barrack every morning. Okay. He's asleep and I'm putting his clothes on him. Well, that's, I, I think it's, I think it's nice. I think it's, it's good. But once he showed me he knows how to do it, I'm like, I think, I think you can do it. I set out his clothes for him. Well, you, he's your first. Barrack's my last. (laughs) (laughs) I won't get to dress another child of mine. So I'll do it for you, buddy. Well, with that being said, Carson is becoming more self-sufficient. And he is, um, things that, you know, I always did for him. He's like, I can do it. I can do it myself. He you wants know, to be independent. He wants to be independent and he wants to get his own water. He gets his own silverware. He likes to set the table for us at <gasps> dinner time. Oh, I love that. And he, he goes and he gets the mail. Like, I'm there with him, but he wants to get the mail. Like, he's just doing all these little things that I love at the same... Like, I love watching him do it because... Some of the things I just don't have to do, you know, because I'm like, okay, yeah. If I'm in the middle of something and he's like, I need water. And I'm like, can you go get it yourself? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know, it's nice in that moment. Um, But I do also, I think, kind of along with what you're saying, you know, with Barrick being your last, like you probably will miss some of those things. Mm -hmm. And I, I probably will too. But for right now, it's kind of like... It's cool to see him growing up and 
doing these taking things on, on his own. Yeah, yeah, taking charge on his own. Um, so my woe is kind of a general parent woe this week. It's something that a friend of mine came to me recently, and I related to it. Um, she was really upset because she's got two kids, and she got invited to some family function. And she was like, I don't, I don't want to go because I'm going to have to find a babysitter because the family function or whatever they were doing was for some older adult's birthday. And she was like, I just, I really don't want to go. I, I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to get a babysitter. It's going to be expensive. We're going to have to drive, do this and this whole thing. And she felt really guilty about it. And she's like, just kind of, you know, complaining to me about it. And I was like, well, can you just like say no and just be like, sorry, you know, I'll, I'll do something else for you, you know? And she said, no, like, I'm going to get the biggest guilt trip of my life if I don't go. And it got me thinking, I've been in that same spot too. So here's my thing. I think when you're a parent, I think you should, there should be an automatic somewhat of a like a hall pass or an understanding that when you're a parent you don't you don't you're not obligated in the same way you were as when you didn't have kids can we just not be obligated to do things we don't want to do that is exactly the point that is maybe maybe it's because i am an introvert and so deep down inside i so badly want to go to these events yeah and these functions and these but then like it, it comes up and then I'm like well I don't, I don't want to go and so I, I don't go yeah and but I think that that's like setting a boundary right that's like that's like a good thing that you yeah. do that and then you you're not feeling but I think the the problem is is that the especially trip. in families and friendships there's this guilt trip that follows up or there's this like set of follow-up questions like well can't you do this or can't you make it work by doing this or whatever. And it's like, no, I just want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that people who have kids, just, just this group of people I'm talking about, it's like, we should have the right to just not feel guilty about not going to something because it is a hassle when you have to take, you know, if it's not like a kid friendly event, you know, if it's not kid friendly, I'm probably not going to be there. Exactly, and you shouldn't be made feel you know made to feel bad yeah. for it. I so, agree with that. Yeah, that is actually my friend's woe, but I have been in her spot before, and I'm slowly getting better at saying no, because mm-hmm. I've gotten I've gone to so many things where I'm like, I wish we didn't come here. I, I really wish we like, didn't do this. Why did we do this? Why did we do this? I always yeah. end up regretting it. If I already know deep in my stomach, I'm like, I don't want to go. I should have just said no. Should have just said no. Should have just said it. So I love setting boundaries. <laughs> I love saying no. I love staying home. Um, yeah. I'm a homebody, though, so I like I can't sympathize. If I said no, my family just understood. Like, no is no. But, but I think that's the thing. It's I think a lot of families don't understand. Well. <laughs> I don't feel guilty about it, even if you don't understand. <laughs> like that's the attitude you have. That's to take exactly with it. it. Yep, that's exactly it. Moving on, Leslie, do you have something that really happened? 
Um, so I feel like I get all of the crazy psycho weird people um, for clients. And these people didn't turn out to end up like fully being my client, I guess. We never closed the deal and I had to sever, um, you know, our relationship. So <laughs> this was an older couple. By older, I mean older. Whatever that means to you. I can't say specifics. <laughs> um, not that I think they would hear this, but... They were older, um, and they were not married, but he had convinced her that for everybody's sake, she needed to quit claim deed the property um, to him as well. So his name was on the deed, even though he wasn't on the mortgage. And they were just dating, okay? She had two grandchildren she was taking care of and helping to raise. And so, I guess I just gave their age away. Um, so... <laughs> So they were court ordered to share the house. They had split up. They weren't agreeing on anything. Things got really bad. And the judge had court ordered that every so often she would get the house and every so often he would get the house and they would have to leave during the other person's time, which in and of itself is absolutely bizarre. Like, let's just make a decision. So-and-so gets the house, you know, and then so-and-so has to move out. Like, it's so bizarre. I never heard of this happening before. And so he decided that he no longer wanted to sell this property. And so he just smokes a ton of weed, (gasps) fills the house. I mean, the whole thing reeks like 30 minutes before a buyer was supposed to walk through the door. And they did. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. This just makes me look stupid. Um, And I... I think they still own the house and he lives there and it's probably going to be foreclosed on. But yes, I end up, I end up with crazy people for clients. That's an insane story. I mean, he still has my sign, by the way. <laughs> he won't give it back. <laughs> She's holding on to that. <laughs> he, that and the lockbox. Like they still have, he will not, he will not give this back to anybody. Um, the girlfriend has even tried to like go by and get it for us, but no. He definitely sounds unhinged. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, and what kind of a ruling is that with the judge and like, okay, you can live in this. Was this their primary residence yes. and the judge knew that? Yes, and so, she was raising her two grandchildren. So what? like every so often she would have to uproot these children and go live someone, somewhere else for a short period of time. And then he would come in and live. And it's like, why? Like, who, what? Who? What judge goes, yep, this is a great idea. I don't even know. I mean, I'm what, not a judge, so what kind of an example in a previous case would exist where like that was another okay, you know? Because a lot of times yeah. they'll, they'll look to other things. It's like what in the world they could he could have had a lot of other ways he could have ruled. There that. were other options for sure, but that's insane, you know. So, anyways, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but like I love my sign in lockbox, <laughs> and maybe the money that stuff's spent expensive. On yes, well, I mean. We're looking at like four hundred dollars that I'm out. Yeah, yeah, crazy. What well, you, you got? got a good story from it though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is kind of funny. Uh, well, sometimes when you're perusing the MLS, you just happen to come across a real gem of a photo, and I came across one the other day for a house, a new construction. It was in the eight hundreds. The photos on this house were taken with a phone. 
There was only like six photos. Was this listed by a real estate agent? This was listed by okay. a real estate agent. And said real estate agent was in one of the photos because he took a picture of the bathroom at an angle, but not quite at enough of an angle where you couldn't see him in the bathroom mirror. So you see his reflection taking it with his phone. The toilet seat is up. There's a roll of toilet paper, used toilet paper roll, hanging out on the counter, and there not, is not a Not even big, on the hook. No. It was like they finished it, and they put it on the counter, and mm. they left it there for just to add to the photo, I guess. And then he also had his big Slurpee cup right there in the middle between the two sinks. And like so it's all in the photo. But what's worse about this is that he had to have seen this photo and said this posted, is the and this one. Is, this is the one I'm using. <laughs> I think he probably went in there, snapped one photo and was like, "I'm done. I'm out. I did my my what I needed to do for this $800,000 beautiful new construction house. I'm done. I'm I out." I would be so upset if I were the builder. That's it's insane to me how many awful real estate photos there are that are really expensive homes. And I'm like, is the seller happy with this? Is the builder? Like, I mean, do they even know a difference? Some of them maybe don't. Maybe they don't. But I feel like a builder would. He would have expectations. The Especially location of this house. The location of this house. I would think the builder probably checks it occasionally. Yeah. But can you believe that, though? I'm like, put in a little bit of effort. At least just close the toilet seat and get the Slurpee cup and the the toilet roll, the used toilet it. paper yes. out of it. I don't care if you're in the photo. Oh, my goodness. Just clean it up a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> just make it look like you tried. Just tried. Just did the bare minimum. Just gave an ounce. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. People kill me. I know. And then there's just no... Standard or bar for real estate agents to live up to. Do you think that there should be a standard where you must have professional photos? Or do you think that iPhone photos can suffice? No. Like the rule is here at our brokerage, you have to have professional photos done. Yes. Cell phone photos are not going to work. And that's the way it should be. Because I had an agent one time take a photo and they were in it because there was a mirror. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to have to pay the $100. It'll be fine. You know, and then if you can't pay the $100 and you can't afford it, then maybe this isn't this the is business a for job you. for you. Yeah. Because there is upfront cost and All you have to the know time. that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I did see one on one of those um, real estate Facebook groups where to try to get themselves out of the mirror. They crouched down and they had their hand <laughs> up over but the you vanity. Still saw the hand. <laughs> you just saw the hand Stop. in the phone. <laughs> this is why you just at least they somebody. tried a little bit more. <laughs> but now they make, you know, these apps where you can pull things like that out. You know, you can yes. remove something. So even if you had to take a cell phone picture and you just happened to have something in it that was unpleasurable. Mm-hmm. Is that even the right word? Unpleasurable? No, I don't. Undesirable. Undesirable. Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, undesirable. You can just remove it with the app. Yeah. But, you know. There's really know? no excuse. What do I know? There's no excuse. 
This week we are so excited to have um, as our Nashville darling, Shannon Moss in the house, in the studio. Shannon is, I would say, a very accomplished businesswoman <laughs> in our town. <laughs> you are. She, um, she is an amazing hairstylist. She just opened a, a salon in town and she's had a very interesting year, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Shannon, <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I was hoping that maybe we could kind of kick things off with how you ended up in Dixon, because you're not originally from here, are you? No, I'm actually from Washington State, <laughs> like the Seattle area. So, yeah. Oh, that's a move. That was a little bit, like <laughs> almost as far as you can go, almost. Yeah. So my husband, I mean, we weren't married yet, but his parents had moved down here and we had been up there like looking for a well i guess not at that point we were like really looking for a place to live yet but his parents had moved down here and he was down here kind of helping them out and we were eventually he was going to come back up there and we were trying to find a house and we just couldn't find anything i mean it was like half a million dollars for mm -hmm. like a starter home like 10 years ago yeah. And, you know, no land or anything. So um, he said, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Like I moved here in 2013. That price. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. Unless you wanted to be like way out of like the town, which I can't. My husband can go and live in a tree in a mountain <laughs> and he'll be fine. I cannot do that. Um, so we decided to come down here and we um, ended up finding our little house about 10 minutes from Main Street here. And we have like some few acres and here we are. That's awesome. But you have some, you have some animals too, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we have quite a few. We have two horses and two cats and five dogs right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we have, well, I guess we've fostered and we've kind of, it's kind of like a revolving door, I guess. We just love animals. Yeah. Well, it's hard. Once you start bringing one in, then more follows. Yes, I do. It's kind of like kids. Yes. It's like, once you get so many, you're like, what's one more? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Shannon, the way that I first met you was you were my very first hairstylist in Tennessee. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh. And you did, you do such an amazing job. Thanks. And... I was curious how, because one thing about you is that I feel like you had some different techniques. Like you seemed very much like a master of your craft. And I really appreciated that because some of the techniques that like I've had done on my hair in other states, you were doing here that I feel like other people I weren't seeing doing here. Mm. And so, like, can you kind of tell me a little bit more about, like, how you got into hair and kind of how you have honed this craft of yours? Sure. So, I have had, like, every type of job. I <laughs> bartended, worked at casinos, I drove school bus, I drove a garbage truck, which oh, was very so interesting. Cool. Yeah. I don't recommend. Okay. <laughs> don't recommend. Um, so I think, I can't even remember, I think I was just tired of like the corporate and the uniforms and I am a creative, so I thought, well, maybe I can like do hair, like that sounds fun, like everybody has cool hair and they have cute outfits and 
you just kind of do whatever you want. And so I went to school and then I failed out the first time. Well, I didn't fail out. I just quit. Yeah. And then, so you were like a beauty school dropout. Yes. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. My, I feel like my hair was a little better than in the movie, but I don't yeah, know. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Frenchie. That was kind of cute lavender thing she had. Um, so when I went back, it stuck and I just loved it. Like it's, there's just so many different things you can do with hair. Like you can educate, you can own your own business, you can work for somebody else, you can work one day a week, you can work seven. Like it's just kind of whatever you want to make it. And uh, yeah, I'm a lifelong learner and I think I'm in like three different education classes right now. Wow. So you just keep it going. Yeah. I just... I just can't stop learning. Like, if I'm not in something, learning something new, then I just feel kind of stuck. Yeah. Stuck and, like, you're just mundane and yeah. doing the same thing. Just, like, yeah, existing. Within um, your industry. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. think there's more, there's more out there. Well, and I feel like with hair, um, there is that. You, and you can tell when you meet a hairstylist and you're, they're kind of just doing the same old thing every single day. Mm -hmm. And then the ones who set themselves apart like you, you branch out. Like you do the extensions. Mm -hmm. You do, I mean, you're, what you do with color is amazing. Oh, thank you. And so, like, it really shows, like, your education, how much you've been educating yourself, you know, beyond maybe what other people do. Yeah, I think that is a thing that a lot of hairstylists fall into is that they go to school and then they start working and then that's it. Yeah. They're just working, doing, you know, the same thing every day. But I feel like, you know, that's fine. A lot of people are successful at that. They have people that they're seeing, you know, for their whole lives from when they're in like middle school for their first highlight to when, you know, they're covering their grays and they have grandkids. Right. Um, but I feel like for me to keep up in the industry and be on like the cutting edge of everything, you have to go out and like seek out these opportunities, but it doesn't take a lot of time and it takes a lot of money mm -hmm. and it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of practice to get some of these techniques down and you don't always you know, you're pulling your friends in to like, oh, can I try this on you? And they're like, yeah, sure. It's going to be great. <laughs> or, you know, that was going to be one of my questions. How are you, do you try a lot of stuff on yourself? Well, sometimes I used to, I don't really anymore just because it's just a lot. Like there's just a lot of hair up there. I don't, I don't want to. And it's like, it's hard to do yourself, but um, so I'll do, you know, we have our little mannequins and then like, I have a lot of people. Well, not a lot. I have a few people that, you know, forever, whatever they have, like time restrictions or budget restrictions, but I just love them and mm -hmm. I know that they appreciate and they trust me and I, I just know what they're looking for. So I will be like, Hey, like, I know you're not scheduled to come in or whatever, but you know, maybe come in and let me practice and I can use you as a model. We'll do like a little photo shoot or whatever. And that's, it's always better on a real person yeah, rather than like a mannequin. Real hair. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So you also did something really exciting this year and you opened up your own salon. <sighs> yeah. How has that been? <laughs> um, it's been an adventure. <laughs> yes. Um, I've run my own business before. Like when I um, first moved here, I worked in Nashville and like rented a booth. Um, and I was looking for something more like closer to home because the drive into Nashville every day was getting just way too much. Um, so then I found a 
commission salon out here and worked there for like five years and was really great. But I just kept feeling like I just wanted a little bit more and to branch out and to kind of be more in control of the experience I could offer my guests. And um, so I had been thinking about it and then I was diagnosed with breast cancer, like right before Christmas. So when that kind of happened, it was like, part of me was like, no, this is a terrible idea. I just need to chill out and stay where I am. But then the other half of me was like, man, like this could really go either way. And now it's something that kind of for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to be like keeping an eye on, like, I don't want to waste any time. Like I just, it was kind of like a push to be like, just go do it. And so we did. Oh gosh, I like the chills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm trying. Like, I will cry if the wind changes directions too hard. So I'll try not to be like emotional about that's it. That's okay. I know, but that's, <laughs> that's super, I mean, I guess like eye opening. You're like, oh, wait, I've wanted to do this. And now I'm kind of forced, not forced to do it, but almost forced to do what you want because you, time. You yeah. Know? It's kind of like your mortality kind of like stares you right in the face. And it's like, I mean, it just, it's so crazy to hear somebody tell you that, oh, you have cancer. Like, what? Yeah. It's bizarre. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it and we'll figure out the rest. So we got the space, I think, in January. And then I opened March 13th. So you found out in December. Yeah. And then you opened in March. Yeah. She wasted no time. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And, and were like, you already going through treatments at that time? No, not yet. I had found, and this, get this, it was my first mammogram. I had oh, never wow. had one before, and they went in, and, you know, all the women in my family were like, well, you know, your first one, they'll probably call you back for an ultrasound. Everybody's body's different. And so they called me back, and I was like, cool, no problem. And then when I was in there, they were like, this is suspicious for breast cancer. And, of course, you know, it was like everything just fell apart. And then... um went back for a biopsy yeah so they don't confirm it the day you're there no so now you've got to like linger with yeah. this oh it gosh. was like two weeks later two or three weeks later that i had to go through a biopsy and then a couple weeks after that so it, i was literally getting ready to leave town for christmas and uh one of my clients she's so sweet i didn't have like a a general a doctor i just don't ever go to the doctor and so one of my clients is a nurse practitioner and i was like hey i need a doctor to put on my mammogram thing for a referral and she um had to call and tell me the results she did yeah and oh. she was very sweet very kind but she was like Ugh. you know it's just sorry this sucks but that's a lot yeah that's a lot and so then i had um I had to go to a surgeon in Nashville. My clients are amazing. Like I've been blessed with so many clients. One of my um, old clients from Nashville, she actually works in Nashville with like oncology and is like super high up and just very knowledgeable and well-respected. And she was able to refer me and get me in with some really good people at the breast center in Nashville. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. good. That's good. And so how, how far away are we removed now? Now you are, we're in August. Yeah. So I just, so I had to have um, a lumpectomy and lymph nodes removed in March. So that was like, I opened for a week and I got to work and then I had to be out for like two weeks, I think. Oh my gosh. And then, uh, 
and let's see. I think I think I went for four or six weeks. I'm trying to think, I had to do radiation, so I started that in like May, and then June twentieth or twenty second, I think, was my last radiation. So you go every day, Monday through Friday, and you do the thing, and you lay in this big thing. Um, and now that that's over, they just kind of keep an eye on you and have to do some hormone suppressing like drugs and therapies and stuff. So, uh, actually I talked to them tomorrow about that. So, so there's like, there's going to be a maintenance mm -hmm. for this. Yeah. It's like drugs, usually some kind of hormone therapy to suppress the hormones that are feeding the cancer. And then. That's like five to 10 years. And then I'll have to get like mammograms more often and hopefully it just goes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we're praying for you Thank that it you. does. And I was following your journey on Instagram. I yeah. thought, and or Facebook, I forget, but it, I thought it was really inspiring of you, Shannon, that you came on. It was like every single day. I or mean, almost. It was, I tried to be pretty regular about it. You were posting updates. Yeah. Like, I, you I'm, could tell it was so raw. Like, you're in yeah. the car ready to yeah. go do this. I just thought for... I didn't tell anybody. I t like, I think, you know, of course, my husband. And then I told a couple of my family members at Christmas. And then, you know, people started asking because I was going to be off. And they're like, what's going on? And I was like, well... I'm, I'm opening like, a new place. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And then... I thought, well, shoot, like there's probably so many women out there. And then I, I got in these groups on Facebook and like one of them is actually it was, it was crazy. A hairstylist in the Seattle area that I follow, I saw that she had posted a video that she had gone through this and she was, I think she was in her twenties Wow! and wow. she, I think she started this group and it's breast cancer under 40 and you would not believe how many thousands of women are in there. And it's, it's just scary. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel a lump. I would have had no idea. Mm -hmm. Even if, even when I knew where it was, where, like where it was, I still couldn't feel it. And I was like, man, everybody just needs to know that they need to go. Yeah. Like go get yourself checked. Like if your doctors aren't referring you, if anything's weird, like just be your own advocate and you need to go. And I think they say, what is it? Like you shouldn't go get a mammogram until you're like 40. Yeah. But should you consider maybe if it's a history of, like, should you go before? 40? I 100%, like, 100%. Yeah. I would, like, there's, like, my mom had breast cancer. So I think that, I think they say 10 years before your mother got diagnosed. Okay. Wow. So I think she was 50, I'm pretty sure. So I went, and I was a little bit late. So I went when I was, like, 43. And, but they're, I mean, these women are like 26 years old. They're and babies. So they're they're babies. Yeah. yeah. And they're oh just, my gosh. so, I mean, if you feel anything or if you, I mean, just go get checked because that's the only thing that saves you really. It's just, or even just to be preventative. If anyone in your family, yeah. just go, just go. I mean, yeah. in any, I mean, I would say any kind of cancer really, mm -hmm. because honestly, I don't know. People might be a little, might be a little controversial, but there's so much toxins and terrible things in our food and in our environment right now that I mean, one in eight 
women will get breast cancer. I think is what the statistic uh, is. God. I know. I think yeah. of like all of us sitting in this room and I'm like, like one of us. When we have eight ladies yeah. in the office. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's scary. And then just to think of all the other cancers that you can get from. Mm-hmm. And okay, so mine is hormone. There is like lots of stomach and intestinal and colon. And it's all like your your inner workings of your body. You know what I mean? So it's like your endocrine system, like your hormones are part of your endocrine system. And a lot of breast cancer's hormone bed, there are different types, but like in your digestive system, it's like, what's changed. Yeah. From 50 years ago to hundred years ago, the food, hundred percent, our food, the food, like products that we use. I mean, and like, look at all the stuff we put on our bodies that you can't do in like Europe. Yes. Like there's like even certain shades of hair color that companies can't put out over there because they're toxic. But we do here. Put them all over your head. Like it's fine. Does that? Do you think that changes the way that you look into the products that you have for the salon? I do, and you know there are a lot of options out there, but I will say, you know, if you're going to go 100% natural or low tox. The offerings are a little bit limited, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there is, there's some salons um, around that do like low toxin. It's just a little bit more clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, cause hair color, you do have to have some, there's some chemistry going on and you do have to have some stuff happening in order for it to work. Yeah. yeah. But as far as like your shampoos and stuff that you're using every day, there's a lot of crap in this. I'm gonna have to talk to you after. <laughs> Give me the list of we're, stuff. Yeah, we're gonna go through a checklist <laughs> yes. of our products. Yes. Yeah, that might be something I have to just like consider, like doing a little more education on, on like social media. There you go. You like to be educated. Maybe you can educate. Yeah, others. Yeah. I mean, if people are. I think it's shifting. The whole how we do life is shifting because people are realizing what's happening. You know, I mean, like look at children. Like I know that you've had some experience with you know like a child having issues with food mm-hmm. or. Sometimes you don't even know what it is. And I've had other guests that have battled this with their children. And it's like, they change their diet. Yeah. And it's like, holy moly. Yeah. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. You know, the autoimmune and the, all this stuff. It's just, it's crazy. I know. To think of all the things that we're bombarded with. And, and it's really amazing how much our bodies actually put up with stuff for the most part. Our bodies are amazing. But I mean, there is crazy. only so much they can do. I think, yeah, you know. Yeah, and here I am, like making Roxanne feel guilty about all the things her son can't have. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and clean up my pantry. <laughs> I just listened to that. You're gonna bring him a fruit roll up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not now. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Get on that one of those like natural food markets. I mean, no, there's, there's no. natural options out there, but like. You do have to search for it, though. It's one of those things where you have to search for it. But I think as long as once you're educating yourself and you just start doing like little changes at a time, you do notice a difference, too. And you get used to different things. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, too, like with with your cancer diagnosis coinciding with the opening of your salon, do you think that... Do you think that your drive changed a little bit with the salon? Do you feel like it fueled you more to, like, really go full force and just, like, I'm just so curious how that works. I would say yes and no. 
I would say yes, because I am fully 100% invested and I'm involved in all these coaching groups and all this stuff to make it literally like the best and most successful I can. But the way I'm doing it is different. Like the previous salon I worked at, I had, you know, usually two assistants. I started with one, then went to two and like worked my way up. And I was seeing sometimes eight or 10 people in a day. Mm-hmm. And I just got burned out. That's a lot of people. It's a, a lot. lot of standing on your feet. Too. Yeah, it's a lot. And it just got a lot, a little bit chaotic. And I was really stressed out. And, and just, you fail to connect with those clients. Yeah. Right? I was yeah. like, I would see them and it, you, you make good money and you can see a lot of people, but it was like, I would spend, you know, 15 to 30 minutes with you. And then I didn't really see you again until you were checking out. Like, mm-hmm. cause I was kind of training my uh, associates and they were, you know, it's good for them cause they're learning and getting to experience like real salon life, which they don't really get right out of school. You know, there's so much more to learn. But I was just so stressed out and it, I just knew it wasn't sustainable for me. And especially getting that diagnosis, I was like, okay, we, this has to stop. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. So now I've adjusted my hours. I'm kind of still tweaking it. Um, and my experience to where everybody's kind of just one-on-one. Like I have two chairs in there and I double booked a little bit, but my best days are when I get to see one person at a time and it's so calm. And like everybody comments like how just like relaxing it is in my little space. Like it's just. Now do you plan to bring on any other stylists in the future? I've had a few people reach out. I don't know. Right now. (laughs) No, because I feel like I'm still getting my footing um, I don't know if I am a a boss kind of person, you know, that have like employees. And I'll tell you, even though they're not really your employees, because they're probably going to like rent their booth and be like ten ninety nine and that whole deal, you still have to be a boss. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not always fun. <laughs> and then, like in that situation, if they're renting, then I don't have any control over. And as a fellow control freak, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, I don't want to be like. You have to do this, but like, if you show like, I'm not. I mean, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> say this about like being mean or something. So I'm a little bit bougie, but I'm laid back. Yeah, but like, I would not come to work and like workout gear probably, you know. But some people do do that. Like, I just try to provide like an elevated experience. And if somebody comes in that's like in their pajamas or like making a mess everywhere and they're renting. Like I can't really say anything, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the way they run their business is their business. Mm -hmm. And then if you have an employee, like you have a little bit more say over that, but there's a lot more work on the back end. Yeah. 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 So right now we're just flying solo. I love it. Well, that's also one thing I loved about the, when I came down to visit your salon, um, you do, you have a very elevated style and I think that that really speaks to, you know, your hair and everything that you do. And I just, I think you're so inspiring, Shannon, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I actually have just one more question before we let you go. Because one of the (laughs) things about this podcast is we like to bring in the different perspectives, you know, especially when we have someone who's not originally from the South and they've moved here. 
And so I'm curious, coming from Washington State to Tennessee, what was one of the biggest, yeah, what was one of the biggest (laughs) culture, I don't even know, culture culture shock, shock. isn't the right word? Yes, because they're two different worlds. (laughs) What was like one of the biggest ones or what's one that you just, well, it was kind of crazy because when I moved here, I lived, so just outside of Seattle. And I lived in my little apartment and it was on a green belt and I had my dog and we could walk to the grocery and walk to the coffee shop. And I could walk to work if I wanted to, it was a little bit longer, but I could ride my bike. And when we got down here, we lived in White Bluff, like by some goats. And I was like, what? <laughs> there's no this? walking, there's no sidewalk. No, I mean, you can walk, but it's dangerous. Jesus be with you because <laughs> you're gonna get eaten by something or ran over by somebody. Or picked up by somebody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so then when we, um, I've been to Dixon a couple times because there was House Blend. And I was like, oh my gosh, coffee shop. Oh. Yeah. And I came down here and I was like, <laughs> like there was nothing. House Blend was it. Like, I that was think, it. Like, yeah, I at mean, the time, like no it, Xanders, no House of Bruce wasn't here. No, it, it has not blown Blue up until the last there. maybe five or six years. Wow. Like it was, a lot of it was empty. Like Nick's hardware was still standing. Mm. When I got down here, oh like now God. it's just like a little parking lot. But yeah, I remember I played a band and our first show was at O'Rourke's, which was over at Dixon Athletic Club over mm-hmm. there before they moved over here and became House of Proof. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, there was like tumbleweeds at like four o'clock in the afternoon. There was nothing here. That's insane. Yeah. So and you're like, what have I just done? Yeah. Like yeah. I came from like people Where am I? the hour <laughs> and like going to eat and like the only things to eat here were like... You know, like McDonald's and the chain restaurants. The chain. Yeah, my niece yeah. came into town this past weekend, and she's like, "Where can we go eat?" And I was like, "Or she's it's not a chain." And I'm like, "Well, there's something there. We got a few choices. Now. You've got two or got three now. now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Just I think learning just to appreciate what's here and like watching the journey of our little town and knowing that you know the 30 minute drive to Nashville is not that bad. It's not that bad. It's no, it's not that bad. The other thing about Shannon, and I completely forgot to mention this earlier, is that you are also a singer. You are. Oh yeah. You sing. You're in a band. Is it or is it bands. more you solo or <laughs> bands. Multiple, multiple bands? Multiple yeah. bands. Yeah. And you play in Dixon a lot, right? Yeah, not so much anymore, but here and there. Um, so I play with. I used to play with the Keepers. I was like my first band here, and then. Uh, Play with the Piney River Pearls. Those are my, it's like, I always wanted a girl band. Nice. Now, did you guys play like a food truck Friday or something? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Because I think I went down there and I was like, those are all women. Yeah. It was, I feel like it was one of the first ones. Yeah. It was like last October, I think. It was, it was the first one in November. Was it in November? Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, I think we're going to be there again, like at the beginning of October, actually. So it was kind of like a whole full circle yeah. thing. Awesome. And then, uh, Recently, I just started with this band called Echo, and then I played in um, Groove Cruise, if y'all know Zach Brooks, and like he kind of put this monster group of musicians He's together. a cool performer to watch. He really, yeah, he's in like 12 different products, I think, and plus his, you know, his store, students. Yeah, so, yeah, super, so, super cool to watch. Yeah, we're just all over, you know. I decided that this year is my yes year, so people that. ask me to do Aww. stuff, and I'm like, on the fence, I just say yes. Meanwhile, I'm like, no, I'd like to be at home in my bed. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, if it's past 7.30, then probably no. Yes. But, yeah. 
Well, thank you again, Shannon. We really appreciate you being here. And I want you to plug yourself. Tell people where oh. they can find you, <laughs> find the salon, the name of the salon, all the good stuff. Um, so I have Moss and Opal Salon. It is on West Railroad. Um, so if you're going down Main Street, it's right around the corner from Ginger Hibachi. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dixon. And Dixon, yes. And uh, my, I have a website, mossandopalhair.com or mossandopalsalon. One of those. We'll tag it. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's, I would love you guys to come see me and, you know, check out my Instagram. It's Masanopal Hair. And I think think that's it. Thanks, Gemma. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Shannon. Thanks, ladies. Moving into. Our southernisms. Our southernisms. Roxanne is keeping us on track today. I <laughs> really, really appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so this was just something funny. Um, so when we first moved to Tennessee and we did what we call our exploratory trip where well i'm sorry we didn't move here yet we did our exploratory trip which is essentially what i recommend all my clients to do whenever they're thinking of moving here if they can make a trip out here to do a trip where you just drive around you just drive around from city to city and you just kind of get a lay of the land and get a feel for the neighborhoods and the where you want to be yeah exactly yeah. So one of the things that we noticed on our first time out here was how many Dollar Generals there are. (laughs) And we got such a kick out of it because we started counting them as we were driving. And I think in our like one day we went like, I want to say we were checking out the Clarksville area up like northern, like Robertson County and then down to Dixon County. And I think we counted, like, 35 in one day, like, everywhere we were driving to. And we just, it just was, like, a funny thing that we joked about. But then I've also had clients move here, and they're like, man, there's just a lot of Dollar Generals here. (laughs) So to explain that, I think the reason is there are some people who live 20, 25 minutes from a grocery store. I mean, here in Dixon, we only have, what, two grocery stores? Yeah. Um, I guess three if you count Aldi's, but I don't use Aldi's. It intimidates me. Um, so closest and next best thing is a Dollar General, which we went to uh, Port St. Joe on vacation, and they had, like, a full Dollar General market. Like, they had fresh fruit and everything. Because the closest Walmart was 35 minutes down the road, and there was no local grocery store. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess that's why we have so many, but, I mean, I can see why somebody would go, why are there so many? It's yeah. either, we joke, it's either going to be a Dollar General or a Mexican restaurant. Yes, yeah. it, there's so many. And what's I think what's funny, too, though, is that, Yes, they are in the rural areas, which I totally understand because you can get everything there. It's like a general, it's a general store. Um, But there are also so many in the populated areas. I guess, okay, so (laughs) let me think about it. There's one, two, three, four, four dollar generals in town in Dixon, all within a five minute drive of each yeah. other. Yeah. Okay. That's a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they must have just like a monopoly on, on all this real estate. Yeah. I mean, they're doing good. 
They're yeah, doing great, they right? They just keep popping up. Yeah, despite the economy, they are killing it. Um, but it's not really a Dollar General, so I feel like they need to change the name because it's no longer... Like, it's not cheap. It's not any cheaper than going to Walmart. Did Dollar General used to be everything was actually a dollar? No. But oh. it's a dollar... Like Dollar Tree, you know. So in my head, I'm like, well, this that's should what be I cheaper. thought. Yeah, I thought maybe it's it was not. like a Dollar Tree or something. No, it's not. It's not any cheaper. Mm. So my Southernism is not so much a word or a store. <laughs> um, we were talking the other night because we had barbecue. My husband had lunch catered for his guys, and there was cornbread. And I don't know if you guys eat cornbread out in California. Like, was that a thing? Um, we always had it at Thanksgiving. Cornbread at Thanksgiving. Okay, mm-hmm. so we had cornbread with every meal growing up. Like, there was always I'm cornbread. jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it got me thinking, like, my grandparents were so poor. Not, like, poverty-stricken stricken poor, but, like, desserts, like, weren't a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, they weren't, like, buying ice cream. And this is my great-grandparents. Um, so for dessert, they would have, or my grandfather, great-grandfather would have buttermilk with cornbread crumbled up inside of it and then i would have regular milk because i don't like buttermilk with cornbread crumbled up in it and that would be like our dessert and i just wonder like is that a southern thing is that something that like we did in georgia like you know mm-hmm. or so was this was this in georgia or was this in south carolina this was in georgia where okay. they lived i have never ever heard of that i've okay. never heard of that um would it be like in a bowl no, or is like it in a, a cup? cup? And are you drinking it? No, like, you're eating it with a spoon. Oh. Like it's a cornbread ice cream or something. I, I don't think, know. <laughs> I, honestly, I think I couldn't do the buttermilk, but I mm-hmm. think with the regular milk. It's like um, sweet. And so I think that's why it was like a dessert for them. Yeah. Um, it fills you up. And it uses the leftover cornbread that like you're probably not going to eat the next night at dinner. Hey, I think that sounds amazing, but I've never heard of it before. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. Well, no. If you've heard of it, you're going to have to tell us. If, if somebody in your family has also done this. Yeah. Because I, like, and I had a little bit of a flashback moment when we had the cornbread. And I was like, hey, guys, do you guys want this for dessert? And they looked at me like I had 12 heads <laughs> because they're like, well, this isn't chocolate cake. And I was like, no, but it's really good. My kids didn't like it. but They didn't like they it? They didn't like it. Really? But I still, I still eat it now, like, as an adult. If we have cornbread, I'm going to have cornbread milk for dessert. When you have cornbread... Now, I, I assume when your great-grandparents made it, it was, like, from scratch. From scratch. In a cast iron pan. Oh, it's so good. Um, when you make it, do you also do it from scratch? Uh, no, they make Jiffy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Jiffy mix. It's easy. Does it have I'm corn sure it in hard. it? Yeah, Does like it have the corn meal. The corn kernels? Okay, so no. Uh, oh, my God, you're going to die when I tell you this. I love it. I so here hear it. in the South... We call that like a Mexican casserole. <laughs> I remember I was in sixth or seventh grade and we had um, like an around the world festival type thing. Mm-hmm. And so everybody got a country and you had to bring in something. And so mine was Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so we looked it up online and it was called like Mexican cornbread. And it was like Jiffy corn mix, um, corn, and then sweet corn, and then shredded cheese and you mix it all together and bake it 
Yeah. And that was Mexican cornbread. I have to say, I've had I've had that, or I've had something similar to that, or, like, I feel like my mom has made that. I've never heard of it called Mexican cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely. Well, actually, you know, if I think about it now, there may be some variation of that in Mexico. That, I would assume they probably, authentic. like, add chilies or something to it. Yeah, like, because they use, like, the maize, which is the corn, and, like, that's what they make, like, the, the corn tortillas out of. That's right. what they call it. And I would not be surprised if there was some sort of, like, cheese with the corn with, you know, jalapenos or something like that, mm-hmm. that and chilies that they mix into it. So it's probably not too far off. It's I just, mean, if I, like, handed somebody from Mexico my Mexican cornbread, <laughs> they'd probably be really insulted. <laughs> just, well, as long as you don't call it that. Right. Just don't call it Mexican cornbread and hand it to a a Mexican person. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Okay, so we're going to jump right into counter offers. Um, I have one that I think is kind of specific to Tennessee or just maybe our district. Um, And since school's starting, it just kind of popped up for me. So in South Carolina, where I'm from, the elementary started school earlier. um, And they got out a little bit earlier. And high school and middle school started about an hour, not even an hour, 45 minutes later. And then they got out about 45 minutes later. And so my counter offer is that we go back. We, can we go back to that? And I yeah. ask that because, or can we start that here, I guess, not really go back because they've never done that here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have so many kids and they're all in different age groups. So like... I haven't even been able to drop my high schooler off at the high school because I have to go to the elementary school at the same time. And so I only have, like, a, I guess drop-off is at 710, and then 755 is when the bell rings. So I only have 45 minutes to get through car rider lines and then get 15 minutes across town to the other school. So could we just, 30 minutes later, maybe it allows... The high schoolers to get their siblings off the bus in the after the little ones off the bus in the afternoon or get them on the bus in the morning. Like, what can we? How can we fix this? Because it is not conducive to a smooth morning when I'm like screaming at everybody to get out the door. Yeah, it would be. It would make more sense if everything was staggered a little bit because it's very common that people are going to have kids in multiple grades yes. and multiple schools. So that sounds. I sat in um, the school traffic on 96 yesterday, and I was like, I should have taken the back road. Should have taken the back road. It it was so backed up. It is very bad because there's nowhere to turn in on that. They don't let you turn into the elementary school until 243 or 245. And so people will sit on the side of 96. They park at the ball fields. They create a line, mm-hmm. you know, going down 96. And it is insane. Um, my trip wasn't so bad when I was just going to the middle school across the street. But mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm having to go 15 minutes down the road. Well, you tack in traffic, that's 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 minutes just to get through the elementary car rider line in the morning. I believe it. I see the traffic there every single day. And I'm yeah. like, what is going on here? Yeah. So can I ask, and this is just a completely ignorant question, but um, are there not school buses? 
There are school there are school buses. But no, or or is there the the option? I know there's always been an option. Even when I went to school, there was an option. You could do school bus or not. And sometimes it wasn't great because the bus stop would be really far away or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So or, they do. We have we have buses here. Um and my oldest could ride the school bus, but I'm going to be really honest. She was on the phone with somebody who was on the school bus this morning and her her phone always connects to my car mm-hmm. and I had the two little ones in the car and we're getting ready to leave for school and she was inside the kitchen right there at the garage I don't know fixing a drink or something waiting for my husband to take her to school and so it connected and I heard a lot of foul language and just um on the school bus. On the school bus. It was kids that were on the school bus. And it yeah. just, the conversation was not, I mean, I don't shelter my kids. My kids have heard everything under the sun, but I also don't want them around it. Yeah. You know, any more than they have to be with their seven hours at school. No, so. I respect that. I understand that yeah. 100%. The school bus is not um, really ideal. It doesn't even seem like they've changed much in like, a hundred years or no, so we have so we have friends that bought a condo in Aruba their kids are going to go to school in Aruba and the buses there are these cute little air-conditioned buses that like drop them off at the door and pick them up at the door and they're like super fancy and I'm like I mean we sometimes they're sitting three four kids to a seat like there's it's overcrowded um, and then I think also it would alleviate the bus issue as well because middle schoolers and elementary kids ride the bus together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with Ooh, that either. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so if they started like later, that. they would be able to stagger these buses to just pick up elementary, just pick up middle school. I don't like that I at all. I didn't like it at all. No. My they, kids would beg to ride the bus, and I'm like, absolutely not. No, not with that. Mm-hmm. Not at all. That would actually, they, it would be really great if, I don't know if it's in the school budget to, to buy more school buses and employ some well, more I mean, people. Well, I mean, they were going to spend $12 million on the Renaissance Center, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Oh, we I'm can't excited to have that one. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I remember when I was little, I was on the school bus, um, because I did elementary school in New Jersey, and my one qualm with, like, taking a school bus is we still had to go down to the school bus when it was negative 30 degrees mm-hmm. outside. Yep. And my mom, God bless her, <laughs> even up till the age of 12 or so, she insisted on walking me to the school bus. And oh. I was the only kid that had a, parent. had a parent there. And she tried. She would hang back a little bit. But she had to wrap my little sister up like in a little snow bunny outfit because it's freezing out. I'm sure my mom didn't want to be there. But, you know, she was trying to keep an eye and make sure I was safe and go on the school bus okay. But the thing that was crazy, I think back what we went through to get to the school bus, like, it would be icy roads. Like, we're walking on ice trying to just get in the school bus. And I'm like, that was insane that we did that back then. And it was on a really busy road. Like, some kid could just go sliding off into traffic. Like, it, it was just, like, really, really bad. But I don't know. 
I don't know if that's something that they can ever change. They've just been doing it for so long. and I feel like everything's been done for so long that we're just unwilling to try new things. Unwilling, but, yeah. You know. Well, my counteroffer is um, we recently decided that um, we were sick of our dining table and we're going to buy a whole new dining table and a whole new dining chairs. And I've been wanting to do it for a couple years. Ours has gotten really beat up. Um, I don't believe that. I have seen photos of your home and it always looks in perfect condition. It's because it's far away. You can't see up close. <laughs> There's like stains and nicks in the wood. And so, and also our chairs, which I will never make the mistake of again, our dining chairs were upholstered. Mm-hmm. And with a child, that seat is disgusting. Disgusting. It's the word. There it's is nasty. There is so many organisms growing on that seat right now. We told ours that they couldn't sit in those seats, and they still proceeded to sit in those seats. Oh no! Addison was four and took a knife and stabbed one of them. Lovely. Four. So yeah, go ahead. I get. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I gotta get rid of. No, them. no, no. I gotta get rid of them. So. I found this uh, I found this table that I really, really loved. I wanted to do like a solid, solid wood this time where if like it gets a little nick, it's already got its natural yeah. imperfection. So we found this beautiful table, ordered it. Um, we were gonna do these really beautiful chairs from this other store. And we even went, they had a showroom in Nashville Nashville. We went there, we checked them out. We're like, great, we're gonna do these chairs. So I go on the website and I get home and I'm like, you know, put an add to cart. And it's like at the very end, you end in, enter in your shipping info and it's like, okay, we're going to add on an extra $300 for shipping. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I'm spending over X amount of dollars. Where's the free, the free shipping? <laughs> Where's the free shipping? That's why I add more to my cart so I can get the free shipping. Oh, but no, this company doesn't even offer free shipping once you've hit mm. a threshold. And I was, like, shocked. I was like, what company doesn't do free shipping now? Well, then I decided, okay, well, let me see if I can find a similar chair somewhere else. This other store doesn't do free shipping either. And then another store didn't do free shipping either. And I'm like, what in the world? How are we living in a world of Amazon and everything else is, like, you you spend, over, even if you have to spend over 500 bucks, which is, you know, maybe what you're spending on a right. whole set of dining chairs anyway, like, how are they not doing that? So that's my counteroffer. I actually would feel better if they were to charge a little bit more per chair as long as I can get the free shipping because it'll make me <laughs> feel a you. heck of a lot better. Yeah, just trick you. Yeah. I tried to order some chairs for the office off Amazon and it was going to be like $40 per chair to be shipped. And I was like, Mm-mm-mm. I'll keep looking for some free no shipping. Prime? No Prime? No so I kept looking. I finally found chairs that were, what's well, the ones we're sitting in, that I was going to get nice. free shipping on. <laughs> These are actually really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because I got the free shipping. See? And it made you feel better. I mean, they weren't the ones that were like number one on the list, but I wasn't going to pay an extra $40 or whatever it was per chair. I was no. I'm not going to do it. No. So. It's a mind game. But I, I would actually pay just, you know, a little bit more if I knew I was getting the free shipping out of it. Or yeah. at least allow me to deliver it to the store and I could pick it up. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. But, yeah. So, mm. anyway, that's my counteroffer. There it is. <laughs> this day and age. <laughs> 
If you enjoyed this episode of The Nashville Darlings, please subscribe and find us on Instagram at The Nashville Darlings.